all right, before I even get started, I always tell you guys that if I say something wrong, come and tell me. Y'all come and told me that I said something wrong, and I'm going to fix it right now. Last week, we were pre I was preaching on... You're all wondering now, aren't you? No. Um, honoring our mother and father. Honoring our mother and father. But then I was also was talking about leaving your mother and father and become one flesh when you marry. Right? When you, when you leave your house and you marry your spouse, you become one flesh. And I said, you don't have to honor your mother and father anymore. Didn't mean that. So I'm fixing it right now. What I meant was that mom and dad, you don't get authority anymore because they've left and become their own family. And so in that, you don't get to hold over their head that they need to honor you and your wishes. No, they're their own family. They're their own family. When, when Shelby uh, gets married, she's going to be her own family. And now there's two families of our family. And when Alyssa marries, there are going to be three families. And when Casey marries, there's going to be four. And it's going to be awesome. But I don't have authority over their lives anymore. And that's what I mean in that you don't have to honor them. But you do have to honor them. And that they're your mom and dad. But mom and dad, you don't have any authority anymore. Because you've already done your job. Now it's time to set them free. And let them become one with their spouse and let them be family and so you don't get to hold over their head that thanksgiving's at our house no matter what dad if you listen to this i'm not talking to you okay no <laughs> it's it's you don't get a hold over their head you want you need to go join them and that's the way i was trying to preach is that that look in those families when they go out and they become one flesh you go join their family now you can't demand for them to come back to your family so that's my mess up Hopefully I've fixed it now, and I did not mean to say you don't have to honor your mom and dad because you do. <laughs> Just it looks a little different. It looks a little different. So if you're new with us, welcome to Beecher Island. <laughs> uh, just so you know, Beecher Island is a, is a non-denominational, an independent non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. We stand in this word right here. This is what I preach. This is what we teach in all of our Sunday schools. We want to be about this. We still fall short, though. We fall short of the glory of God. But he is a God of grace and forgiveness and mercy. And he is so awesome because he sent his one and only son to die for us, to die for the world, for anybody who will confess him. And in that, we have life. We have the promise of eternal life with him. And so we stand on this at Beecher Island. We will get it wrong, but we will fight to keep it right. And that's who we are. And so welcome to Beecher Island. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue on in, a, in Ephesians, in our study of Ephesians. It's, uh, it's been quite a journey as we've gone through Ephesians. And, and um, uh, I don't know if we're going to go just a couple more Sundays or we're going to go on in the next year of Ephesians. I haven't determined that, but there is, there is about uh, um, yeah, uh, 24 verses left. And in those 24 verses, there's probably 24 sermons. Not sure where we're going, but we're going to have fun with it uh, as we journey in that. But this morning, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 5. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 5. And I, 
I just want to recap. I know I did it last week too, but the first part of Ephesians is saying, look, if you confess Jesus as Lord, you are a believer, you are a child of God. And that's final. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You are His. And then starting in chapter 4, he says, now walk like it. He says, know who you are, and now walk like it. He says, don't walk like the world, but walk like I've called you to walk. Worthy of the calling in which you have been called. That's how he says to walk. And then we get to this part here in, in, in chapter 6, starting in verse 5, that you can pull it all out because you say, well, this doesn't apply to us anymore. Or you can say, no, it directly applies to us. I say it directly applies to us. So let's read it. Chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 5. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling and sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you, masters, do the same thing to them, giving up threatening knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. <clears throat> amen, amen. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for each person here this morning. I thank you that they have made the choice to come right here, <clears throat> worship together as brothers and sisters in Christ, come here and, and, and sing praises to your name, and come here and, and, and dig into your word, Lord. Lord, I pray that as I teach your word that it's you it's your words that flow and that it's truth and not mine but your truth father and if i say anything that is not of you lord i pray that it falls to the ground and it does not leave this building god i thank you i thank you for your love your <laughs> love that is unconditional thank you father in jesus name i pray amen so as an overview of what we're reading here in ephesians of of masters and bond servants I, I want us to understand that that yes there is lots of talk about slaves in the new testament that does not mean that it proves slavery we'll just be done with that that's not what it's saying but what it's saying is is that you know what there is there's a lot of talk about slavery and that you can be the lowest of the low, but yet still have the highest of the high in the Christian life. That, that you can have the lowest social uh, rating level, wherever you're at in, in our society, it does not matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is your walk with Christ <clears throat> and where you can be with Him. But in that, bond servants equals employee. Master equals employer. I know that in today's world that, man, I don't, 
As an employer, I don't want to be called a master. As an employee, I don't want you to call my employer a master. That's not what it's saying. In today's word of master in this world, it's not, it's not saying that. What it's saying is, is, look at how you should be to your employer or to your employee. And I think that there's a lot here to learn in this and, and how we walk in that. You know, uh, starts off right off the bat. Bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters. It calls us to obedience. But before I jump into employees, employers, I want you to hear this. I want you to jump to verse 9. Because anything that I say about bond servants, it, it relates to masters too. It says, and you, masters, do the same thing to them. Saying that, hey, you both need to walk in the Lord and do all these things that I'm going to talk about. Because it's for the Lord. And sincerity of heart for the Lord. Whether you're an employee or an employer. Do it as you're doing to the Lord. But I want to talk about obedience first. Ephesians 6, 5, it, it deals directly with obedience. And in employees, you've got to be obedient to your employer. Absolutely, right? But employers, you're being obedient to the Lord in the way that you're treating them. And the way that you're taking care of them. And the way that you're employing them. And in that, would you want to be your own employee? If your answer is no, change something. Obedience. We do have to have obedience. How about faithfulness? Jump over with me to a Colossians 3.22. Faithfulness. Colossians 3.22. It says, bondservants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh, not with... Uh, not with eye service as men, as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Be faithful in what you do. Be faithful to your boss. Be faithful to your employer. Be faithful to your employee. Because God is faithful. God is faithful beyond our imagination and it's truly amazing, just as I said in the New Testament, how it talks about slavery over and over and over again. Because it's saying, look, your social status on this earth does not determine your social status in heaven. It doesn't determine your social status in your walk with Christ. You know, there's a, there's a great story in Genesis 24 about being faithful to your master. So if you jump over there with me, Genesis 24, verses 29 through 38. I just want to read this. Genesis 24, 29 through 38. Now Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran out to the man by the well. So it came to pass when he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrist, and when he heard the words of his sister Rebekah saying, Thus the man spoke to me, that he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well. 
And he came and he said, come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. Then the men came to the house and he unloaded the camels and provided straw and feed for the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Food was set before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told about my errand. And he said, speak, speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when he was old. And to him he, was, he has given all that he has. Now my master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell, but you shall go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me. Let's stop there, but I want you to see how obedient and faithful he was to his master. He said, I'm not going to go fill my own belly, right? There was food set at the table. He, he was ready to sit down and eat. And he said, wait a minute. Before I take care of myself, I need to tell you what I'm doing here. Why I'm even here. I'm going to tell you what my master has sent me here to do. Look at the faithfulness that he has for Abraham. Look at the faithfulness that he has over his own self. My guess is he was hungry. My guess is he was ready to eat something. My guess is he had traveled a ways and he said, man, now I'm, I'm ready to eat something. But he said, I'm not going to eat anything until you know why I'm here. Faithful. Faithful. You know, I was thinking about this this morning. What an image for all of us and how faithful we should be to our Father. The faithfulness that poured out there. You know what? I don't need to take care of my flesh before I take care of my spiritual needs. Before I take care of communication with our Father. Before I take care of my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that first and then the needs of my flesh. As employees, are we that faithful to our employer? As employers, are we that faithful to our employees? Are we taking care of their needs? Are we making sure that they have what they need? <laughs> Quite a picture of faithful. You know, uh, it also calls us to have respect for the master. Respect for our master in the flesh translates also to respect for our master. 1 Timothy 6.1. 1 Timothy 6.1. It says this, Let as many bond servants as are under the yoke count their own master worthy of all honor. Listen to that. Count their own master worthy of all honor so that the, same, so the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemy. <clears throat> what I find interesting is that uh, 
Paul is addressing Paul is addressing bond servants who are under masters who are not believers. And I find it interesting in this that he's saying, hey, don't be rebellious to them. Don't, don't treat them ill, but have respect for them. Have respect for them so that they see the light of the world. Have respect for them so that they see the love of God. Have respect for them so that they see that you're different. not always easy. It's not easy to shine God's light when we feel like we don't have respect. But that doesn't give us the right not to respect those in which we work for, those in which we employ. When somebody treats you ill, it can be difficult. But as we're going to talk about here in just a minute, uh, of having patience with those elbow-bearing bosses, we'll get to that a little more, but he's saying respect, no matter the situation that you're in. Whether you're the employee or the employer, respect, have respect. Treat them well. Have a desire to please, Titus 2.9. Titus 2.9, have a desire to please. Titus 2.9 reads this, Exhort bondservants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things. Not just a few, not just the ones that you choose, but it says all things. Not answering back. That should be under that whole kids and parents right there. Don't, I'm just joking. Not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. There's a lot there. Having a desire to please. Desire to please your employer. Having a desire to please your employees. You see, God didn't call you to be mediocre in anything. He didn't make you to be mediocre. He made you to be awesome. But is your desire to please mediocre? Or is it awesome? You see, I think that there's a, there's a huge uh, uh, aspect to this desire to please. I think we get this desire to please and expectations. I hope that's the right word I want to use. Mixed up. You see, if you're mediocre and you're okay with mediocre, you'll never have a desire to please. Your expectations are down here when God said you're my expectations are up. See, it's about being intentional. It's about being intentional in, in, in your desire to please. And, and, and if your desire is to be awesome for the Lord, 
you will please without even trying. You, you won't be mediocre. You'll be intentional as you journey through. And this goes for masters and employees the same. Masters and bond servants, employees, employers. I told you we would get to patience, and now we're there. Patience, 1 Peter 2.18. 1 Peter 2.18. Employees, be submissive. That's what it says, isn't it? Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to good and gentle, but also to the harsh. It's not fun to work for a jerk, is it? (laughs) Amen. Amen. (laughs) There was a a faint no up here. So maybe from a child, it was good. And it's, I'm going to, if you're an employer, I'm going to talk to you right now. Don't be a jerk. You're trying to shine the light of Jesus Christ to all those around you. And and if you are an employer, guess what? Your employee's looking at you. Your employee's looking at you and how you act. and, And I'll tell you what, we fall short, right? But when you fall short, fix it. Because you know what, if you are an employee, employer, and you're a jerk, and that employee says, and you call yourself a Christian, what's that say about Jesus? If you're an overbearing boss, you're no fun to work for. I'm just going to level with you. You're no fun to work for. Because you know what? It says from the get-go that masters, they're masters of the flesh. As an employee, you only get to tell them what to do, why they work for you. And I say that in a good way because you're not, please don't keep demanding. (laughs) But you only get to tell them what they get to do, why they work for you. And even in that, you only get to dictate what the, what the flesh does. You don't get to dictate their spiritual walk, so stop trying. If you want to dictate their spiritual walk, walk with the Lord and shine His light and let them see who Jesus is and, what them, and, and they say, why are you different than anybody else I've ever worked for? But if they go home from work and say, man, They're the most overbearing person I've ever worked for, and I don't want anything to ever do with religion because all they can do is hammer me with it. Don't be that boss. Jesus never whipped them to follow him. He whipped them to get them back into his truth. No, he loved them. To get them to follow him. We need to do the same. As employers, we have to love them to Jesus. As employees, 
we got to be patient, though. As employees, we got to be patient and know that our employees fall short of the glory of God, even when they confess Jesus Christ, right? They fall short. So what I say in all this is that, you know what? And if you're an employee or an employer, shine the light of Jesus. If you're in a, if you are an employee or an employer, be obedient to God's word. Be faithful to Jesus Christ. Have respect for our God in everything you do. And have a desire to please Him. And always have patience. You see, because if we do that as an employer or an employee for our God, we don't need to worry about the rest of it and how we're walking for our employee or our employer. If we have God in our vision and we set our sights on Him and all those things that I just talked about, if you're an employer, everybody will want to work for you. And if you're an employee, every employer will want you to work for them. You see, because it's known that back in slavery, in the, in the time that Paul was writing this, that many slaves brought their masters to know Jesus. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? That, that the lowest of the society were bringing the highest to know their Lord and Savior. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your social status. You can bring the highest and the lowest to Jesus. And why would we not want to do that? Why would we not want to bring people to know their Lord and Savior? And so today I want to encourage you to just step back and look at how you're either being an employee or an employer. And in your actions and the way that you conduct business in all of that, is it for the Lord? Is it for Him? If it's not, you know what? You're going to change it today. You're not stuck in the way that you were yesterday. You're not. I don't care if you're the employee or employer. You're not stuck there. You get to change it today. And you change it through the power of Jesus Christ and putting your eyes upon Him and shining His light and walking worthy of the calling in which you have been called. And so today... If you want prayers in that, I would love to pray with you. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. But if you would like to change that and you want prayers for that, I would love to pray with you. If you haven't put your eyes upon Jesus and said, I want to walk with you in all that I do and I want you to be my Savior. If you have not done that, today is the day to do it. Today is the day to change your life forever and make Him the Lord of your life. So today, if you need any prayers for any of that, I, I would encourage you to come pray with me. I would love to talk with you about it. But it's your choice. Your choice. And I pray you make it today. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that we have your word. I thank you that we can read through this and know how, how as employers or employees we are called to be in you. 
Lord, I pray that the desires of our heart are for you and not for man. I pray that the desires of our heart are to, to please you, to be obedient, to be faithful, to have patience with your people. God, I thank you that when we get it wrong, we can fix it. And Lord, I pray that if we've been getting it wrong, that we turn it around. That we be about you in all that we do. God, help us with that because we can only do it through your power. Your power, Jesus. And I pray that you help us in that. God, I thank you thank you for sending your son to die for us. I thank you, Jesus, for coming here, walking on this earth, showing us how to live, going to the cross and dying for us, laying in the grave to prove that you were dead, but not staying there and raising from the grave to walk this earth and then ascend to the Father. And you told us that you had to go to prepare a place for all who believe in you. And Father, I pray that today we stand on the fact that you have a place prepared for us because we believe in you. God, help us to show the people around us that that is the truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.